0: Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom from modern day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. Thanks for joining us today in the second part of our conversation with our guest. If you missed the first part of the conversation, you might want to go back and listen to that one first, or at very least read the show notes so you know who it is that we're talking to. But I think that you'd be really well served to check out that first episode. So if you haven't heard that one yet, go back one episode and listen to the first part of the conversation to hear the foundation of where we're coming from, and then come back to this one to dive into the rest of our conversation, exploring how our guest's life has provided them with so much medicine for their own life and the rest of the people that share it with them. So don't miss the backstory. Go check that out and come back. We'll be here. And if you're ready, here we go.
1: Mm-hmm. It feels like a big lofty thing to say, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'll probably have a vulnerability hangover about that one. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a big thing to claim and name and say, but
0: right. whatever. Yeah, maybe I, I feel the need to counterbalance it again, too. And, you know, like conversation we had with this man last night and like sometimes life happens just for you. It's true. And yeah, it, it could be that, you know, the container is just for us to have a, a safe place um, and that we actually don't have to offer that to the world or something sure. else but maybe but at the same time I say that I know who you are and I know who I am and I'm, I'm, I I'm think there's probably a the needle of truth is a little bit more in your direction perhaps <laughs> there but but yeah like I, I just was like really reflecting on what you just said too like uh of like creating this container of safety that doesn't always feel good, but can hold a lot, but also isn't about like, I know that I made the mistake a lot early on in our uh, relationship, especially when I was a young therapist of like, almost like nitpicking on, uh, on the relationship of like, oh, our relationship needs to be different and it needs to be like more intimate or more connected or more vulnerable or, More better uh, sex or whatever. Like, there's probably Mm -hmm. a million things that I thought needed to be different Mm -hmm. that actually probably created a lack of safety in the relationship. Yeah. That, um, Mm -hmm. hearing you talk about your experience in the relationship in the past few years, um, helps me to see that, like, yeah, like the relationship is what it is, and by allowing it to be what it is, and um the more you and I both grow individually and in our conversations and relationship, that's actually what's created yeah. this safe relationship container that we're talking about. It's not by trying to make it into something that it's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I, I totally agree with that, you know, and like the ironic thing that comes up is, you know, like, yeah, like I did. Consciously and probably definitely unconsciously feel like you were always nitpicking things in our relationship, and God, can't I do anything right? And you know, everything that I would say, I'd be like, Oh, whatever I do, it's gonna be wrong, you know. But like, the like I said, the ironic thing is someone for me coming from such a background of being a people pleaser, like my ultimate goal in life was like make people happy. And I felt like there was absolutely nothing I could do to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like totally happy. And I wanted, I wanted to be the, there was hurt, no, there wasn't. And I wanted to be the person who made you happy. I wanted that. I wanted to be the person who saved you, who was your, you know, like, um, and I couldn't, And so I went through, you know, a lot of like, I mean, even depression and stuff of like, well, who am I if I can't make him happy? Right. You know, and, you know, and, and then coming out the other side, realizing, you know, it's not my job to make you happy. Right. And it's my job to be me. And I mean, I even I struggle with this even to this day. Like, I'll find myself, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't say that thing or name my truth because it's probably not what he wants to hear, or it would just be better if I went along with it. Um, I want to uphold this vision of myself that I have for myself and that I want him to have of me. So I will make these decisions or, or, you know, big things and little things that will, um, you know, reinforce that perception that I have of myself or, you know, um, But I think at some point you just have to, you just start calling bullshit on yourself with that. Right. You know, where you're just like, that is so inauthentic. And I literally like my body feels terrible, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's something that's been such a huge, a huge thing for me of like the work that I've done to actually get back in my body, like going, you know, going back to like the eating disorders and even some other, you know, sexual trauma that I had early on in, you know, my teenage years, you know, like being in my body didn't always feel like a safe place, you know, but mm-hmm. now that I've been able to kind of reclaim that. And again, through that work that I've been doing, um, even around wellness and even just, you know, learning how to work with my body and work with my physiology and like, look at my body as an ally. I feel like my body has responded by being like, oh, I can give you so much freaking information. Like I can, uh, you know, like you don't have to rely on your brain, you know, and so being able to rely on my body and my responses and using that as like my barometer and my litmus test for like, I'm just going to stand in my truth. And, and you know, it might not be what you want to hear, but it's my authentic truth, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like that's been a big, I think that's been a big dynamic in our relationship, you know, of like, sorry, you know.
0: Right. And the key is that it's your authentic truth that's coming from listening deeply to yourself. Yeah, You know, we were talking this morning before we turned the recording on, too, about how um, s- sometimes when people like, you know, look inside, I mean, it's not a totally new phrase these days, you know, that um, and they feel like they're speaking the truth. But it's really more like the the mud, the unsettled, mm-hmm. the um, unclarified uh yeah. patterning and conditioning yeah. of life that hasn't actually been sorted out yet yeah. um which I think actually I'm realizing is like that's that was the nitpicking of the real the relationship mm-hmm. that I was speaking out about earlier in myself it was like, oh, that was my truth, I wanted more intimacy I wanted more connection that's my truth and and you're not providing it for me, you know mm-hmm. um that wasn't truth that was my attachment wounding <laughs> um yeah and um, but what you're saying is like actually listening deeply to your body and, and your heart and, and from these years of experiences, like that then that actually is much more valuable in our relationship. And how do you know in the moment? I don't know that you know in the moment. Like because right. obviously as we've been sharing, there's mm-hmm. like in practically twenty five years of <laughs> of probably what we thought was the truth, um, that was just more conflict and more dysfunction. Um, but, um, continuing to stay with it and and keep with the process, um, the relationship's been super valuable to, to let those things settle. So at least we're getting closer to the truth perhaps of this year and maybe it'll be different next year.
1: Right. (laughs) Well, I think that's too. And I think that our friend Lester, who we met last night and talked about like, Essentially all it's, 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 where you're at right now, you yeah, know? And exactly. like that, yeah, like you said, that, that was our truth in that moment. Right. Cause that, that was the best information that we had. Yeah. And you know better. And so you do better. Right. And like you act accordingly, you know, and the more we excavate, like you said, and clear that rubble and get rid of the mud, like, oh, like, well, here we are, <laughs> here we are again. You know, right. it's like it's such a, it's, it's hard work, but it's such a blessing of like, we've reinvented ourselves. And I don't mean like maybe to the outside eye, I don't know, like other people will be like, oh my God, they're such a totally different person. But like, we've reinvented who we are to each other because we know each other so intimately so much over the years. And we've had the gift of that, of time, you know, like saying, you know, like I was 19 when we started dating. Like you, you know, like we grew up together, essentially we've had Mm -hmm. this, like we've had our, you know, a childhood and adolescence. And then I feel like our relationship now has entered into this like adulthood phase, you know? yeah. And yeah, I mean, our relationship is what, 24, 25 years old. So like it literally is in its adulthood, you know, um, we've gone through all those, you know, those phases. So,
0: right. I love how you're naming our relationship as like a, a being in and like of itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. and it feels like it, that, it, you it know. True to me, yeah. and I feel like that was such a big. I think, I think that was a big like turning point in our relationship too. At least for me, when I started looking, and and I think like you were bringing it up for a while, and it wasn't landing with me. Like I couldn't quite understand that. It was like you and me but then when i started looking at and i don't know, maybe i feel like there was something i read or something that i heard that was like in inform inform that um and i'm not remembering exactly what it was but like maybe it was one of the courses that we did or something like that but like looking at a relationship just like you almost would like a child like right. where that needs to be nurtured and needs to have care and effort put into it and it was like yeah. oh yeah duh. it sounds like such a duh thing to say but like i don't see very many people doing that necessarily, you know, like that's not like a common, a common thing that, you know, you see, um, modeled very much, you know, I don't, I never saw my parents do that. You know, I never saw them (laughs) working on their relationship and carving out time and, you know, things like that. And so I think like when we started to invest the time and yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. well, and feels important to name, too, how, like, the conversation kind of came full circle, too, when you were telling the origin of our relationship, how, I mean, I was sick and injured and wounded, literally, like, under the influence of mm-hmm. alcohol to the uh, point that I was ill, and you wanted to take care of me, and how that worked for a while yeah um, until you were able to grow out of your desire to, and your need to be the mother or the people pleaser Mm -hmm. to lots of people in your life outside of your kids and my, and I had to outgrow my desire to be taken care of and, um, mm-hmm. you know, from my attachment wounding and my adoption and like, oh, I, I just wanted someone to love me and, and show up for me, um, mm-hmm. which was really, I think, deriving this constant need I had for more intimacy and more connection. Yeah that thank goodness, you know, I'm speaking for myself has finally grown into this place of like, Oh, I have so much intimacy and connection with myself that yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I don't need it from another person. But when I can share that with another person, mm-hmm. it makes life just go like, wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, like, and on the flip side of that, like for me, like when I, yeah, you know, like you said, when I fig- when I figured out that like my self-worth wasn't related to what I could do for other people and for you, you know, like I was a good and whole and person that is deserving of love, just being and not doing, you know, like that was, that was huge for me, you know, like I was an, I'm enough just being who I am. Right. And I still, you know, I mean, that's still my work, you know, of, that I, you know, might be lifelong work that I have to keep coming back to. Cause I do, I do right. forget that, you know? Um, but when I can get into that place and I, and I can really embody that, like I, you know, I, I, I feel whole, you know, and I feel like I can operate in the world and in our relationship and as a mom from a whole different, place
0: right well i mean there's two things that you said that i wanted to highlight there that like yeah sometimes we totally forget these lessons um and kind of become unconscious again and that's part of the process i think that's fine but then there's also like what we've discovered in our relationship is that when we constant or when we consciously choose to play with these patterns a little bit Mm -hmm there's actually a lot of joy and pleasure that can come out of it like like hey um what if like you actually take care of me or please me or hold me right now or and and i'm going to actually step into this like protector for you right now um yeah. you know i'm being yeah. a little bit vague but just trying to name the patterns a little bit that actually yeah. it's like i don't need this to feel okay but man, does it feel good if we can play with this for yeah. uh, a set amount of time, Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which just brings even more joy and pleasure to life.
1: Right. It's like if you can indulge, you're like, this is a desire that I have. And I feel like, you know, for years it was unconscious and then it became conscious and I'm afraid to say it, you know, right. right. But then like it's it's leading the show then. Right. Like yeah. I want so badly to be taken care of, you know, right. as someone who does a lot of caring for others, you know, right. like, yeah, like you said. And so when I was finally able to own that and name that, like, wow, like I, and again, it was through the experience of losing my dad of like, of of not feeling like I could fight it anymore. Like I, I need right. to be cared for right now. You know, I need to be held. I need to be, you know um, yeah. And so just being able to actually name that, and then it doesn't come out sideways, you know. Like you're right. able to acknowledge it and like have a container for it, and then like you can get back to like back to that sense of wholeness of you know, like I'm living from a a place of wholeness and and operating in the world that way, not like a little girl who's afraid, yeah, of her own shadow, right. you
0: know. Well, and I'm, yes, exactly that sense of wholeness and. I'm so glad that you brought it back to the grief and the loss of your dad again, because I also wanted to bring it back full circle to my introduction of being an orphan, like what I've learned over the years. um, It was like, I mean, there was so much pain of not knowing who my mother was and not knowing who my father was and not knowing who my lineage is. um, That fueled so much like growth and healing for me and individual psychotherapy and, All the rituals and ceremonies that I've done, you know, Vision Quest, Sweat Lodge, all these things. Um, But really what I've learned is it's about the grief um, that... Like really was there in every moment, like it's yeah, like mm-hmm. I you know, said another way, I think that like the healing my adoption wound thing, like I had this belief that maybe like if I did enough work, um whether it's relationally with you or in psychotherapy or um, looking for my ancestry or whatever, that then that would feel whole and complete because that wound had been healed but it's kind of like what you said it's no it's actually through the naming this is this is a a wound it is a portal it is um a sensitivity that has brought in so much opportunity and experience that has made me whole and complete (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's only through through the grief that you yeah. named, you know, and the grief that that I've had, yeah. um, through, yeah, through that wound, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Hopefully, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and no, it totally does, and it, you know, it just makes me think mm-hmm. of this whole concept of like this idea of having like the the karmic backpack, so to speak. Yeah. you know that I I love to use that analogy of like we all come in, and I, I'm aware of this kind of. It might sound a little woo-woo to some people, but like whether you believe in reincarnation or, you know, any of that. But like we all come in to this life like with this like invisible karmic backpack, you know what I mean? And not, you know, karmic meaning like just the things that you're you're bringing for. Like what did you sign up for in this lifetime? What are are you bringing from previous, you know, like ways of being and paths and things like that. And like we all have one. And Mm -hmm. it's like, we have to excavate like first we have to realize we have one. That's the first thing. Right. You know that, and then like have the courage to like go in there and like see what's in there. And just knowing that even some of the stuff that's in there feels really painful, but it's like, it's designed to, to lead you where you need to go. Like it's it's for you. It's a waypoint. It's for you. Right. And like, yeah. Like just looking in there and being like, Oh, here's this. Oh, here's this, you know? And then like, Sometimes I think, you know, some things are tricky. Maybe there's little hidden pockets in your backpack or a false bottom and you're like, oh wait, there's more, (laughs) you know, but it's for you and it's, everybody's is like completely unique, you know? And so it's like, that informs you of like where you've been. And so like where you've been helps you to, you know what I mean? That, that propels you on your journey of like where you're going essentially. These are the tools that I have. These are the experiences, even if they feel like, you know, quote-unquote negative experiences you know like those help you sharpen those tools right you right. know and then yeah then ultimately yeah. It leads you towards your purpose like what, what did you sign up for in this lifetime i think we all signed and we wouldn't be right. here if we didn't sign up for something you exactly. know we have a purpose everybody does yeah
0: i don't remember who said it but there's some quote there's something about like the shift that happens of life happening to you yeah. versus life happening for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that it's kind of what we're naming as we're wrapping up here is that like all these griefs, these pains, these traumas, these challenges, these hardships, like they suck. And right. like, you know, it's like, who wants to lose a parent? Like, who wants right. to not have parents? Who yeah. who wants to struggle in their relationship over the same topics years and years and years and years and years? But mm-hmm. eventually, like, being able to realize that these things are happening for us to learn something and really brings the possibility of, like, abs- absolute joy and gratitude of, yeah. like, wow, here we are. Right, (laughs) We woke up again today and look, we're talking on this porch with these microphones in our faces (laughs) (laughs) about how hard life was, but look how good it was too. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, just like I know I've said it so much in the past couple of years that like grief and joy are such a spectrum, you know, and the gift of being to such a deep place of grief. Yeah. Has also opened up such such a higher levels of joy. And honestly, neither one of them is better than the other. Like mm, I can tell you that
0: That's a bold statement. High
1: ends of joy are preferable, right?
0: Yeah.
1: But like those deep points of grief are like I don't know. I don't know that I even have a word for it. I don't know that there is a word for it. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't, you know, not like looking to manifest deep places of grief, you know, cause I think that there's a, all you have to do is look out in the world today and there's a n- numerous places you can access grief. Right. Right. Um, but, but expanding that container, like i almost vision it as like a sphere, you know, and it's right. just like, It's there no matter if you want to acknowledge it or not, you know. But like that, that just that deep dive of grief has just expanded that container of like, I can access places of joy and gratitude. Yeah. That were really unconscious to me before.
0: That's right. Yeah. And
1: so, yeah, that's such a gift. And it's really hard.
0: But again, it takes that willingness and the allowing the, the acceptance, right? You know, I, I think you and I both found like when you fight the grief, yeah. if you fight the pain, yeah. It, um, uh, we stay really small and constricted and it's a really miserable experience. But when yeah. when you can just allow like, okay, this is what is. Um, this is really painful. This is really sad. Like I don't. Want to have lost my dad? I sure. don't want this, but it is. Um, I, I don't want those school children to have died. I don't want mm-hmm. um, you know the, the, the upheaval in the world and all the thousands of people that have died with COVID. I don't want. I don't want mm-hmm. these things. And it w- is what is right, uh, and it the acceptance fine. of that, and the feeling, the depths of just how sad and painful that is, but also brings so much gratitude and joy for like this moment right now as we're talking yeah. those things are not present in in our immediate periphery or, or they are actually as I'm naming them they're here I feel them yeah, yeah. and right. there's a nice cool breeze and we're getting right. to enjoy this conversation and right. it's all true
1: and there's a feeling of like the acknowledgement of the grief it's like here come like I almost feel like Yeah. Come and sit with us, you know, like we're not going to demonize you. Right. Come and sit. And somehow that, I don't know, it brings solace and it feels like maybe that's a part of the healing that the world needs, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 And as we're talking, some (laughs) neighbors using some heavy machinery (laughs) to do landscaping and life is going on. I don't know if that'll show up in the recording, but (laughs) Um it's real life it's it's real life,
1: yeah, so much medicine in real life right
0: yeah yeah mm. the, <laughs> the landscape is being reshaped as as we speak, <laughs> right yeah, wow, yeah.
1: yeah
0: well, normally, as I wrap up the podcast, I really try to um, do some. Deep reflection and summarization, um, but I'm I'm struggling at the moment to to do that about our conversation. Maybe just because our relationship has been going on for so long and it's mm-hmm. ongoing, even past our conversation today, and it feels like our conversation has just been, you know, a sharing of the river of this journey that we've been on, and uh, and the river's still flowing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's been, yeah, and there's been so much more. <laughs> yeah,
0: so much more. <laughs>
1: how do you how do you encapsulate it all in one? I mean, right. We'll have to do do it again sometime. But yeah,
0: yeah. But,
1: I trust that we said just enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I do have a couple of closing words, but first I'll ask you if there's anything that you want to share in closing or summary.
1: You know, I'm grateful for the opportunity and I'm I'm grateful that we finally hit record on one of these conversations, you know, of us just sharing our hearts and, um, it feels really scary and really vulnerable, um, to have conversations like this that perhaps other people will listen to. Um, but it also feels really important. Yeah. Um, I know some of the greatest gifts that I've been given is the gift of other people sharing their vulnerability yeah, you know, and that's something that I hope that I can do, we can do for others, you know. So, yeah, yeah if us just sharing our process um, is helpful, then I'm I'm just grateful that we were able to, we were able to do that, you know. And if that's if that's helpful for other people, um, it makes me think like, yeah, there's just there's so many my brain's going like, oh. There's so many other things, you know, but like, again, I trust that the things that were meant to be said in this conversation were said and, uh, yeah, yeah, it feels like an important step. I know I I don't want to start a whole nother conversation, but one of the things that, you know, has been my focus lately is just sharing more of myself, Mm. you know, and putting more of myself out there. So I, I guess just that's to say, like, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do that. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I guess the only thing I have to say in closing is that I'm really grateful for all the, like you said, all all the people that have shared um, their life with me and experiences and rituals and ceremonies and time with me in conversation, both um with me as the mentee and the student as well as me as the guide, because I've learned just as much from both. Um, And, uh, and especially to tie up our time this morning, I just want to say that I'm, I'm really grateful for you, Kelly and Mm. all the years that we've gotten to spend together, not as you know, is anything great, but as, you know, just messy humans trying to learn and grow and develop and, and be partners and raise kids and, um, yeah and be in ceremony and ritual together. We've done all of it, but I think that like what I'm really taking away from this conversation is it's the trying to live life together, um, yeah. that has actually probably been the most shaping and the most meaningful and most profound. And so, yeah. my my tears of gratitude for you and (laughs) I love you.
1: Thank you. I love you too.
0: Thank you for listening to my life is the medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences, and maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life too is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life too is the medicine. If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay, too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life, too, is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.